Welcome to Brody Sports Talk. This is Caleb Walgren. I am your host. I'm joined by my co-hosts Sean Morgan and Travis Conaway. Uh, recording a little bit differently today. Uh, some of you may see this visually uh, for the first time. Uh, that's what happens with uh, you know doing meetings over the internet. Uh, that being said, we have a fairly short agenda today, but that is packed with a lot of NFL nuggets. Uh, we're going to go with the trending topic that everyone has been talking about this week, uh, the top five wide receivers of all time. We each have our own. We will just present them and we'll probably let you guys vote on Twitter because we like to put some Twitter votes out there. And then Travis is going to tell us that what happened on this day in sports history, uh, with this day being April the 1st, 2020. And then we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to come back to talk about the best NFL team in the Super Bowl era. Uh, Sean was able to gather some data together with a little bit of help from us. From us, a little bit of help from us. We help. We helped gather teams, and <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to just go into that and see what all comes out from there. So. With no further ado, going over to the top five wide receivers of all time. Uh, in the fifth spot, uh, Sean and myself are completely correct because we have the legend, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. The only active player on anyone's list. We have him in the number five spot. Sean, what stands out to you about Larry Fitzgerald that you wanted to put him in your top five? So let's, let's put aside stats. Larry has managed to put together an amazing career with arguably, I would say the worst team of the ones that I put in my top five. Um, And has had to do it with multiple quarterbacks None of which, aside from when Warner was there, will ever be remembered too great historically. I mean, Murray's still, of course, uh, you know, the agenda's out. So Larry managed to do it with essentially a a rotating cast, you know, at quarterback. Um, He's the benchmark of, you know, longevity at that position in this NFL era. I mean, he's just good. He's he's reliable. Uh, I mean, at this point, he doesn't really rely, of course, on speed, but he's he's always been a great possession receiver. He's always had fantastic hands. Uh, probably one of the best route runners um, in the modern NFL history. There's just there's so many good things to say. I don't think any and also just in one of the intangible things, um, stand up guy in his community. And nobody has ever said anything negative about him that I can like remember, unless you're, you know, on a rival or supporting a rival team. Uh, I want it. I want so it known that just, I put him on my list. I I wasn't. I, we were getting there, Travis. We okay, I was there. gonna be like, you made it sound like I didn't even include him. Uh, Travis had one person below Larry Fitzgerald, so he had Fitzgerald at four. Uh, the only person, so he he had someone at five that no one else had on their list, and that would be. Are you serious, Calvin Johnson? Megatron, dude. The 
I would say he's the best receiver the Lions ever had as far as talent is concerned. I feel uh, like you could say the same thing Sean said about Fitzgerald with Calvin Johnson. <laughs> he played with trash teams and still led the league in rece- er, receiving yards twice. I mean, Matthew Stafford is probably a better overall quarterback than the result- revolving door of Cardinals quarterbacks, especially because you get some consistency there. Uh, the other thing, and it's the tough one for me with Calvin Johnson, is I, I want more years from him. I, I have a really tough time putting him in in the modern era where you can rack up a ton of stats, where he still didn't rack up that many stats, and he could have been significantly higher on the list. I, I'm i inclined to agree, and I think that Calvin Johnson was one of the ones I kind of had as my honorable mentions, I guess. Uh, and if his career was just a smidge longer, and I think that he performed well into those you know twilight years like a lot of these other quarterbacks that are on this list for me anyway then that would have made the difference because you could argue that when he played um, he was you know just as talented if not more talented than the vast majority of the guys on the list if we're looking at an overall career perspective i i take a few notches away just because I think he only played for what, nine years? He played for nine seasons. But here's, here's the reason why I put him on my list. Again, my fantasy football comes into play every single time it's going to. When you think back when his nine seasons with the lions, who was the number one receiver taken every single year? All I know is I need to make this around the horn where I can start muting as soon as need some need some uh, some some points to come up on the on the screen now. Whenever we answer something, I, I'm just saying if you lead the league in receiving yards twice, you have a record-breaking year of I think it was like 1960 something yards. Um, I mean, on a team that's yes, Matthew Stafford's better than what Blair Fitzgerald has, but that's why I put Fitzgerald higher. So well, let's, let's keep moving up the list. Well, Cause one I don't more, one, okay. one more thing. One more thing. Right. So it, we're saying, we're not saying that he's not a talented receiver. We're not saying that he's not one of the best of all time. What we're saying is that there are four other guys, at least five other guys that we consider to have had better sustained careers. So I, be- I, I am curious to see where, who I missed on my list. Okay. Speaking of list. someone that was missed on Travis's list, I'm going to reveal the number four receiver on my list. Also happens to be the number four receiver on Sean's list. And that would be Don Hudson. Okay. I, Bay Packer wide receiver from 1935 to 1945. Uh, I just want to take a few moments and talk about a great Green Bay Packer. Uh, Don Hudson has been fantastic. He put up in 1942 a total of 17 touchdowns, which is completely ridiculous. And in his 11-year career, he had 99 touchdowns. 
His low in any given year was six. When you consider people like Julio Jones have even put up touchdown seasons of like three in the last couple of years, it gives you a lot of respect for what Don Hudson did in an era where people weren't passing the ball that much. And yet, especially in that 1942 season, he had 74 catches for over 1,200 yards and 17 touchdowns. He was the predecessor for what the passing game would become. That is why he is the Alabama Alabama antelope. Uh, he was fantastic. And uh, Sean, did you have anything you wanted to add about Don Hudson since you also had him on your list? So I think that if we're going to look at, you know, the greatest of all time, we do have to expand beyond the Super Bowl era. That's he was my the first. He was the first like, I would say, modern, structured wide receiver and was the predecessor for pretty much every other receiver that's on all of our lists. Um, he, I think he was a first-team All-Pro, like, practically every, almost every season that he played. Um, he's been on all of the anniversary all-time teams. Uh, the only thing I have against him, right, uh, so he played for he the played Packers. for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, well, that too. But... Why? Why um, would you do that to yourself? So I'm going to do a, a one-by-one reveal here of who we have at three because I think it's interesting. We all Look, have a unique individual at three. So we all have someone at three that no one else has in their top five. I want to throw it out there. The reason why Don Hudson did not make it on my list because even though he's a Packer, I still think he's one of the best. I think, oh, I know, I got our two segments mixed up, and I was thinking top wide receivers of all time in the Super Bowl era. So uh, I avoided guys like Hudson and, and you know, players of, of the olden days that I wouldn't put in my list, you know, the Lance, All, Lance Allworths and things like that. So I'm going to give us each about – I'm going to say 30 to 40 seconds here to talk about who we have at number three. And I'm just going to go, uh, since we were already throwing way back to the thirties and forties, I'm going to go oldest to newest. So that means that Sean is up first as he has, you were born in the former Seattle Seahawk, Steve Largent on the list. It still blows my mind that you guys didn't put Largent on the list. Um, What? I mean, I mean, so First year Hall of Fame, when he retired, he had pretty much every single record there was to have. So he was the Jerry Rice before there was Jerry Rice. Um, he had probably the surest hands in the NFL. Like you could throw just about anything his way and he was going to catch it. Um, he never beat guys like in a, in a straight one-on-one race, but he always ran an incredibly clean route was always dependable, and he was the name, right? He was the name in the late 70s, early 80s as, like I said, the the best. Um, I, I just, I, it, there are a few I can think that you guys might have put here, um, but I, I don't know if I would agree. <laughs> so... I'll reveal mine next because he would have started a little bit before Travis's. Uh, my number three receiver of all time was Marvin Harrison. And it is a bit of a tough one because you look at it and you go, well, Marvin Harrison had one of the best quarterbacks ever throwing him the ball for his whole <laughs> career. 
that helps. I mean, yes, that's Peyton Manning. But if that's the case, you also have Jerry Rice, who mostly got the ball t- thrown to him by Joe Montana and Steve Young, who are also fantastic quarterbacks. Um, especially with Marvin Harrison, I look at that 2002 year with 143 catches for 1,700 yards and 11 touchdowns. He finished his career with 128 touchdowns. If Peyton Manning is the guy that you look at as the star of the Colts for that era, Marvin Harrison was the reliable go-to end zone threat that the Colts had for the majority of that time as well. I, I'm not surprised, right? I'm not surprised. My not against Marvin Harrison um, was playing with Peyton Manning. And I think that Manning managed to make a lot of wide receivers not necessarily look good because they were, he asked a lot of them. Um, But that offense made a lot of players look exceptional, made Reggie Wayne look like a world beater, made um, Brandon Stokely look like a world beater. Uh, I, I, he also had the benefit of a, of a generally very, very strong running game. Um, Edron James, Joseph Adai, like that offense was something else. And uh, like Harrison was the the end result of that. And it sucks, but I, I, I kind of put that a little bit against him because I feel like with Manning at the helm, there would have been that one guy who would have been the next level guy. And it just happened to be Marvin Harrison. And he benefited from having a career um, that wasn't as injury plagued, and so he got a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of stats, a lot of stats from that. So, anyway, that's my uh, t- to go to Travis's number three. It's a guy that uh, I'm, I'm going to say that I hate. personally dislike. Uh, Everybody he is a does. former Eagles receiver. Uh, Travis, I'm going to go ahead and let you finish the reveal. So at three, I had Terrell Owens. I mean, come on. Like, he, what, nine seasons of 1,000-plus yards, eight with 10-plus touchdowns, just a massive amount of receptions, yards, and touchdowns with multiple different teams. So when it comes down to that whole, you know, played with, you know, Peyton Manning, played with, you know, you know, he played with the Niners, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Bills, the Bengals. And then the dude tried to make it back into football as a kicker in the XFL. <laughs> he played for so many teams because he ran himself he, off. Well, yes. Nobody wanted I'm him. Not, I am not agreeing – or I'm not disagreeing that he's not a good dude. I'm not saying that he's, you know, everybody's favorite player. But you can't argue with numbers. Six Pro Bowls, five All Pros. Like, the dude was a stud of an athlete. He may not have been the nicest guy. Maybe people teams didn't like him, but dude, you know, game recognized game. I think with Terrell Owens, I have an issue just because I feel like if this was the most entertaining receivers list, he would definitely be on it. You know, you can have things like get your popcorn ready or that's my quarterback or you know, doing a workout in your driveway or whatever you want to do to say that Terrell Owens was entertaining. 
I feel like I the do... number one would have been Chad Johnson. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Chad Johnson. Has he changed his name back? Like, is he no, like, he did. like Ron Artest? I thought he changed it. Oh, he yeah. keeps, he's, he's back to Chad Johnson, if I okay. remember correctly. Um, that being said, I don't want to spend too much time with uh, Terrell Owens hate here. <laughs> Neither uh, did his teams. Let's let's move over to uh, the gentleman that we have in the one and two spots. The legends. The player that Sean and I have at number two is never been on the, or at number two has been on the Vikings. And that would be Randy Moss. Uh, yeah. And that being said, Travis, you not, have someone else at number two. Did I not uh, have someone, Randy Moss at two? No, you have the goat at number two. You have oh, I, two. I got those switched. That's <laughs> <Okay>. my bad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a second, being a bit of a homer here. He's no, I have Ross. I have I have Moss at two. That's okay. my bad. Well, I don't know that we have a lot to talk about with that, other than he's Moss. Uh, Randy Moss was amazing. Aside from an incident where he mooned the crowd at Lambeau Field, and that's it was one a perfect, of the most disgusting things that has ever happened in professional sports, oh. according to Joe um, Buck. I say, calm down, Joe Buck. Uh, that being said, uh, Jerry Rice is Jerry way Rice. Up there. Like I, I know Larry Fitzgerald is the active player on our list. I don't think there's any chance that Larry could really go above either of the top two. I don't ever. think so. Unless he like throws down like 25 touchdowns each of the next three years. Like he would have to be going crazy in that air raid offense to have a chance. Uh, he also would probably need some rings. Yeah. I, I think that if we look at all of the different positions offensively and defensively in the NFL. Nobody likes um, defense. There's you know, you could argue every which way for a player as being the best in that position of all time. I think There's wide no receiver. Argument. I think wide receiver is the only one that you can't. Right? Yeah, any argument that you would have, like, against Jerry Rice would just be illogical. Like, I can't think of any way I would say, you know what, Randy Moss, maybe he was – if he uh, cared more about route running, he could have been better, right? But all you're saying is, well, you know, if you know, if my aunt um, or my or my uncle or what, you can't really get to go and change stuff about players to say, you know what? If they did this, they could be have been better than Jerry Rice. Well, they didn't. They had they didn't have that, and they weren't. So I I don't see anybody ever beating some of these rice records i, I just it's I not either. going to happen not in the modern era even if, with this increase in offense there's so much more spreading the ball around Absolutely. there's yeah there's um and you know your you're careers having, you're, are shorter yeah you're not having these uh as many like um you know two and three wide receiver sets um you're having these three like three four five wide receiver sets you're getting you know multiple tight ends in play the ball is being spread around in a way that it really wasn't in his era. Um, yeah. You don't always have that go-to wide receiver. You don't necessarily need one to succeed in the modern NFL. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think these records are going to be touched. And, and not only to, to, the, to your point, but at the same time, you said it earlier, 
in order for someone to break these records, they're going to have to have the longevity that Jerry Rice did and have quarterbacks that can throw them those kind of balls. You know, yes, Jerry Rice is absolutely 110% the GOAT. However, we also said, you know, he had Steve Young and, and Joe Montana throwing him the ball. So it, you would have to have a wide receiver who was lucky enough to have, you know, legendary quarterbacks throwing you the ball at the same time. Yep. Uh, that being said, let's go ahead and move over to this day in sports history, Travis. Okay. Um, today is a little weird. It's uh, April 1st, uh, so April Fool's Day. Um, I thought about, because it's April Fool's Day, putting a bunch of Green Bay Packers stuff, um, but I couldn't find anything, so even though I tried. Yeah, not a lot um, of Packers stuff in, in uh, you know, April. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to stick around uh, baseball, hockey, um, and actually one is going to be the Olympics. So, and two of them, and, and they're kind of spread out except for the first two. They're pretty early. Um, 1972, we had the first ever collective bargaining strike for the MLB. Um, and play did not resume until April 13th. So I put that on there because, ironically, you know, baseball's not happening now. Baseball wasn't happening in 1972. And uh, the only reason that it came to an end was the owners and the players agreed to a $500,000 increase in pension funds, um, which nowadays it would be literally laughed about, you know, $500,000. That's probably how much they spend on their grocery bill a month. And then we move about six years later, a, uh, he, he's a hockey player named Mike Bossy. I don't know if you guys have ever heard him, heard of him comes the first NHL rookie to score 50 goals in a season. Um, and he scored number 50 and number 51 in the closing minutes in a 3-2 to two win over Washington. So 1978. Congrats, Mike Bossy. Oh, Mike Bossy. And then we're going to jump multiple, multiple years later. 2007, American super swimmer Michael Phelps smashed his own world record in the 400-meter individual medley. Uh, to win his record seventh gold medal at the World Championships in Melbourne. Melbourne. I said Olympics only because that's how most people know Michael Phelps. Most people don't watch the World Championships like I do. But, yeah. Dude it was, was the precursor to his amazing Beijing Olympics. Yeah, yeah it, it was. His, that was his warm-up. What a, what a crazy human being. Yeah, absolute freak of nature. <laughs> I wish I could remember right now who he lost to in the best athlete of all time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> off the top of my head. I, I no want idea. to say it was Serena or Usain Probably. Bolt or, or uh, it might've been it, Federer or something like that. <laughs> and, and, you know, the more I thought about it, cause I, I, I remember I had Phelps going pretty far in that. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that, one, swimming's not exactly a popular sport, so therefore he's not going to get as much love. Two, if you think of it as an athlete, like pure athlete, if you take a swimmer out of the water and put them in another sport, 90% chance they're not going to do so great. I mean, he's a he's a lanky-looking dude anyway. So I can, just Im- I can just imagine, yeah, kind of how like awkward some of the movements might have been, especially playing, I don't know, like, what's his golf swing look like? Has anybody seen his golf swing? I don't think he's seen his golf swing. 
You got anything Charles, else on Charles, that? Charles no, Barkley-esque. That, yeah. No, that's it for uh, this day in sports. Pretty easy day. Excellent. Well, we'll be right back after this break. Let's do it. All right. So we decided that in the spirit of brackets, that we wanted to determine who the best NFL team in Super Bowl era is. Now, rather than go through and just straight up vote, you know, hey, let's vote on this person, let's vote on that person, we decided to have our friends at What If Sports give us a little bit of help. And we, we went through and we selected three teams, uh, three years basically from each of the 32 teams. And we actually put them in a little bit of a, a group stage, so to speak, um, to determine which of those three years was the best. Once we had determined that, we then went through and we put them in a big 32-team bracket, um, separating it by division. Of course, also separating it by conference. Uh, and then we ran those through the simulator and came up with a winner. Uh, so I actually have um, this prelim to go over with the groups. And we can kind of talk about if you would have expected any other team um, to have taken this versus the one that ended up emerging out of the group. So we're going to go ahead and start with the AFC East. For the New England Patriots, we had 2004, 2007, and 2016. Travis, who do you think would have emerged victorious out of that group? Keep in mind, the 2017 was the, was the 16 and 0 year. Uh, 2004 was the uh, like one of Brady's early hurrahs, and then the 2016 team. Uh, who did they beat? Um, was that the? I want to say that was the Seahawks. Was that Seahawks? Yeah, yeah. Seahawks. Uh, I would go with the. Uh, I already blanked on the year. The the undefeated year. Oh seven. Yeah. Oh seven. So sweeping the group, right? Sweeping the group, um, with four wins, no losses, was the 2007 Patriots. Um, the 2016 Patriots actually went 0-4 in the group. And I'm a, um, we'll, we'll kind of sort it out, Caleb. I, I would like to share some of this data uh, with anybody that wants it so they can go through and look and see how each team um, fared. Uh, for the AFC East, uh, for New York Jets, continue on, um, we had 1968, 1969, and 1998. This was actually pretty rough. The Jets haven't uh, had too many good years as of late. Um, the 1968 Jets took it, uh, three wins, one loss. Their sole defeat um, actually came to the, I believe, the 90, or 69 Jets, it looks like. Uh, Buffalo Bills, this one was a bit of a surprise, right? And I want to, we're going to touch more on the Buffalo Bills a little bit later. But the uh, Buffalo Bills, we picked 1988. 1990. Keep in mind, these were there. This was that Super Bowl run. Um, and 1999, which is a year that um, they uh, actually had some pretty, uh, I don't say record breaking, but one of the best defenses um, of that decade. The 99 Bills went 4 and 0 in this group. Sorry, Thurman Thomas. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, 72, 73, and 84 Dolphins. 
1972 Dolphins, obviously, uh, would have been the favorite, and they did take down the group 3-1. So really, the Bills, I think, were the only surprise um, out of this group. Uh, so to keep going, right, we have the AFC North. For the Steelers, we had 76, 78, and 2008. Um, the simulator really seems to favor some of the um, like some of the more recent teams. Um, I think if the offense on the older team is not as good or a little bit more inconsistent. Um, so the 2008 Steelers won this one. Uh, for the Bengals, we had 81, 88, and 2015. They actually all finished two and two. So what we did for that is we took the um, point differential and whoever had the best point differential, which ended up being the 81 Bengals. Uh, Ravens, we had 2000, 2012, and 2019. The 2000 Ravens took that one. Um, and just to kind of fast forward through some of these, uh, for the Browns, the 1987 Browns took it over the 68 and 94. The 68 Colts took it over the 1970 and 2006. The 2012 Texans took a point differential tiebreaker over the 2016 and 2019 uh, teams. The 2017 Jaguars won it against the 99 and 05. And then for the Titans, we actually picked an Oilers team. Uh, the 93 Oilers ended up emerging victorious out of that group, uh, also featuring the 99 Titans and the 79 Oilers. Finally, the AFC, um, we have the 98 Denver Broncos doing a clean 4-0 sweep over the 77 and 2015 Broncos. The 06 Chargers also doing a 4-0 sweep over the 94 and 80 Chargers. Uh, the Raiders, 76, 4-0 sweep, beating 80 and 83. And finally, to close out the AFC, uh, uh, the 69 Nice. Uh, the 69 Chiefs, 3-1 over the 93 and 2019 Chiefs. I know there's a lot of years, a lot of teams, a lot of data. Any surprises for you guys? Nope. I think that some of the more modern teams would have been believable, especially the Chiefs this past year. Yeah. Uh, you know, with how electric that offense was, I would have been able to see them – putting up a competitive fight. Um, but for the most part, it was fairly standard. So for me, I think the I was expecting the um, some of the Steel Curtain era Steelers seems to have done a little bit better than they did, um, but didn't, didn't quite happen. Um, I'm thinking that maybe, like I said, the um, 08 Steelers offense was definitely way more consistent. Uh, I was um, pleasantly surprised to see that um, Warren Moon's Oilers uh, won that group. Um, and then I think for me, the it was interesting that the um, that the like for the AFC West there were three four O's um, that it was that, that the simulator just favored those years that much. So we're actually going to go ahead and dive into the bracket. Um, and I'm going to give you guys some of the uh, points that were scored by each team, and we'll kind of go through each matchup from there. So for the first, we had the 2007 Patriots against the 1968 Jets. Um, so when I ran it this simulator, we had the Patriots winning 23-10, to 10, Brady going 16 for 24, two touchdowns, uh, touchdown grabs by Randy Moss, Kevin Falk, 
Um, the uh, Jets actually outgained the Patriots um, on, on the ground and in the air, but they struggled on third down, going three of 14. And the Patriots actually had some really good special teams performances. Um, they averaged like 23 yards per punt return. Um, so it gave them some excellent field position. Uh, is this is this surprising to you guys? The 07 Patriots coming out with a uh, double-digit win against the uh, against the 68 Jets team was actually pretty good. I think in general, Broadway Joe being a little inconsistent is not terribly surprising, especially you say three or 14 on third down. Uh, if the Patriots are anything, they have been a consistent team. And the 07 Patriots, let's face it, they only lost one game. You had to basically be exceptional to take them out in the first place. Mm -hmm. So to see them at least make it to the 16, that's that's not terribly surprising. So let's continue on with our round of 32. Here's our first big upset. We had the 99 Bills and the 72 Dolphins. This is the undefeated 72 Dolphins team. This is a 99 Bills team that just was good statistically um, and didn't amount to much uh, come playoff time. But they won 28-24. to 24. Um, For Miami, Mercury Morris had 197 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Um, but Earl Morrill was the uh, was the issue. Abysmal game. He ended up going eight for 20, 69 yards and a pick. Um, and then the big difference was Doug Flutie and Antoine Smith. Um, we're going to talk about Flutie some more here here in a little bit because he continues to show up. Um, you know, he had uh, uh, Smith had 15 carries, 91 yards. Uh, he actually had a go ahead 34 yard touchdown run in the late in the fourth that put them ahead. Um, and then Flutie went 17 for 22, 153 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and again, Dolphins struggled third down. That's going to be something that I may mention periodically here. Um, a lot of teams struggle on third down and against these, uh, or in these big marquee matchups. Seems like statistically that made a huge difference, uh, not being able to move the chains when it mattered. So first big upset, 99 Bills move on to the round of 16. Um, let's go ahead and let's, we'll, we'll go through some of these a little bit quicker here. Uh, we have the 08 Steelers and the 81 Bengals. Um, we have the Steelers taking a pretty dominant victory, 23 to six. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, Steelers went 15 for, for 22 on third down. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't think of too many Bengals teams that historically you look back and you're like, you know what? They were one of the best in the, you know, in NFL Ever history for anything. <laughs> Uh, 2000 Ravens against the 87 Browns. This was actually pretty close. The Ravens took it 15 to 13. Um, Bernie Kosar was the reason that it remained close. He went 15 for 26, 178 yards, two touchdowns. Um, but the Browns' inability to put points on the board early in the first half proved to be their demise. Uh, 2017 Jags, 68 Colts. We have the Colts taking it 16 to 14. Um, the Texans, uh, or 93 Oilers, 2012 Texans. We have a Texans victory here. Well, I was a little saddened to see. Uh, interesting tidbit from this, because whenever I would simulate it, I'd go through and kind of look at some of the stats and then look at some of the play-by-play. -play. Um, a Warren Moon pick six is actually what, what the go-ahead touchdown was um, for, the, uh, for the Texans. And keep in mind, this is the Matt Schaub uh, era Texans. So I just thought that was... A nice little, little tidbit. Very enjoyable. 
Um, unfortunately, one of my dark horses to make it out of the AFC West, the 06 Chargers, ended up falling to the 69 Chiefs, 17 to 15. And then finally, the 98 Broncos beat the 76 Raiders, 21 to 13. Continuing on, going back to the top of the AFC bracket, 07 Patriots and 99 Bills. The, the undefeated Slayers, the 99 Bills, beat the Patriots 27-24 in overtime. I So when I simulated this, right, it takes a like, to consolidate this took a while. So I didn't want to go simulate it more than once. I'm like, okay, whatever result it is, I'm not going to do like best of five. We're just going to see what happens. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what it gave me. I was uh, definitely taken back a bit. Um, but hey, I mean, defense makes a difference. Um, but interestingly enough, when I looked at the stat breakdown, the Bills sucked. <laughs> like, like, they sucked. Like, um, there were um, two Jonathan Litton touchdown runs from like, like a couple yards out. Uh, but for the most part, the um, they just capitalized on some special teams mistakes. So there's a 77-yard punt return for touchdown. They just had good field position and won the field position game. They won it in a very Belichick-esque way. Um, and Brady actually, from what I looked, had to uh, come back from 10 points down um, to tie the game up and then just didn't seal the deal. So there's our second really big upset. Uh, still the same team. So the Bills make it to the uh, AFC, um, the quarterfinals. Yeah, quarterfinals. Um, then we have the 08 Steelers and the 2000 Ravens. This one was a very one-sided um, the Ravens won 16 to three. Um, that 2000 Ravens defense was something else. Um, 68 Colts beat the 2012 Texans 14 to 10. And then finally 98 Broncos beating the 69 Chiefs 16 to nine. So we've got our AFC top four of the 99 Bills, the 2000 Ravens, the 68 Colts and the 98 Broncos. Nice. Not exactly what I expected when I started this at all, <laughs> at all. Um, so to do our AFC, um, you know, essentially semifinals or the quarterfinals, we have um, the 2000 Ravens ending the Cinderella run of Doug Flutie's Bills, uh, winning 13 to three. Um, the Ravens seem to uh, be pretty good at keeping uh, opposing teams under 10 points, which was, I think, Something uh, that they did during that regular season, like all oh, nine or ten times, was so something ridiculous. Um, and then the '98 Broncos beat the '68 Colts, 30 to 23, meaning that our two best AFC teams in Super Bowl era history, according to this simulator, were the '98 Broncos and the 2000 Ravens. Guys, do you feel that that is a relatively accurate assessment? You think the simulator got that part right? So I think that it's interesting when I think back, I remember uh, as a Packers fan and having uh, them in the Super Bowl in the mid-90s that at one point it was the NFC representative in the Super Bowl had won. Like it was literally like a ton of Super Bowls in a row. I can't remember exactly where that streak was at. But you're not going to have someone from really the – 80s or early 90s winning the AFC side of the bracket. It just wouldn't have been terribly likely. 
so to see some of those where they first kind of took that mantle away from the NFC with 98 and then 2000 shortly thereafter, it, it fits the bill. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Travis? Do you think, uh, do you think the, the Patriots got robbed by the simulator or do you think that any of the other teams should have maybe made it a little further? I mean, the Patriots have spent the last five years robbing us. So if they did, I don't care. But uh, no, I, I agree. I mean, the 98 Broncos are no joke. <laughs> so but. one of the things I, I've learned with doing this simulator and then looking at the stats after is that it really values having a running back that is dynamic and can put, you know, um, can put points on the board. Um, like, so like in all of these, Terrell Davis has monster games and he actually had a pretty monster game here. Um, the Broncos end up beating the 2000 Ravens in this 16 to 13 I did note a AFC and NFC MVP um, and Terrell Davis had like 150 yard game plus games every single game, except for, I think it was the game against the chiefs where he only had like 91 yards. Um, oh man. What yeah, I know. Do? So it was, uh, it was all about Elway and Davis and Sharp. Um, you know, they, they emerged as our best team in the AFC. Now, I mean, when your initials spell touchdown, it doesn't hurt either. Terrell Davis had that going for him very early. <laughs> TD for TD. It was, it, it was beautiful. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and go over to the NFC side of things. And for brevity's sake, I'm just going to talk about the teams that ended up emerging victorious out of each bracket. We had the 95 Cowboys, so NFC East. We had the 95 Cowboys, the 90 Giants, the 2017 Eagles, and the 91 Redskins. Um, uh, I didn't really, there weren't really any shockers here, I think, for me. Um, I felt like the uh, correct Eagles team emerged out. And I think most other NFC East fans would feel that the years that won were probably their best iteration. Maybe you can argue um, differently for the Giants because they had a lot of years that were very comparable. Um, but I feel like 90 was probably the was peak Sims. So. Uh, so let's talk about the NFC East side of the bracket. We had first the 2017 Eagles against the 1990 Giants. Uh, the Eagles took this 17 to six. I promise, guys. I just simulated it once. I Eagles I fly. I didn't. I didn't mm -hmm. do it multiple times, pulling for the Eagles victory. Mm -hmm. um, I promise you. Uh, sure it didn't happen. And then 91 skins beat the 95 Cowboys 20 to 16. Um, and then oh, I'm seeing some more bias. Um, yep. So when before we started all this, Caleb and I were talking when we were trying to get all the teams set up. Um, about after the brackets were like set up, all the groups were done, which teams we thought would emerge victorious out of each division. Um, I actually had the 91 skins emerging out of this here because I felt like statistically they were the most dominant team of the four and were one of my favorites to actually win the NFC. That didn't happen. 2017 Eagles beat the 91 skins 27 to 20 
one. After he ran the simulation 17 times. After I ran the simulation 263 times. No, um, <laughs> I promise you I did just run it once. It was actually an overtime victory. Um, I Again, the simulator really, really, really likes solid running teams. So I think the fact that we had so many good running backs that year um, made a pretty huge difference. I When I looked at the stats, um, like uh, Clement, uh, Blunt, and Ajayi all had like over five yards of carry. Made a huge That's difference. Um, so the Eagles emerged victorious out of the NFC East. I have to Convenient. take it. Um, going then to the NFC North. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we had the 96 Packers. That's what's the up. The 98 Vikings, the 85 Bears, and the 2014 Detroit Lions. There weren't a lot of good Lions teams to pick from, guys. Um, so to start the, the bracket for them, we had the Lions and the Bears. Uh, the 85 Bears took it 27 to 16. Um, and then in uh, was an upset for me. Probably was an upset for, for at least one person on this, uh, on this panel. The 96 Packers manhandled the 98 Vikings 24 to 3. Um, yeah. Randall Cunningham, 10 for 21, 153 yards and a pick. Robert Smith only had 30 yards and 17 carries. Favre torched the Vikings secondary, two touchdowns, 273 yards, and uh, probably one of Caleb's all-time favorites, Antonio Freeman, four grabs, 119 yards and a touchdown. I, I really badly wanted to run the simulator again. I'm not going to lie because I thought that was that result was a bit of an aberration. Um, but to maintain integrity, I only ran it once. And I just kept what what showed up. So, uh, I honestly I thought the '98 Vikings were going to uh, emerge out of that group, um, even over the '85 Bears, but didn't happen. Going on to the NFC South, uh, 2002 Bucks, no surprise. 2015 Panthers, again, no surprise. Uh, 2009 Saints, I could clean sweep four over the group. And then the 98 Falcons, again, another 4-0 sweep. So we go to the bracket. We have the 98 Falcons, 27-19 over the 2015 Panthers. Jamal Anderson had a big game. Uh, he had big games for, uh, for a lot of these here. Uh, O2 Bucks just throttled the Saints, 35-12. Uh, I think that was probably the next to the um, Packers-Vikings game. It was the, the biggest just destruction out of any of these um and then going on to the 98 falcons against the 02 bucks the falcons emerged with the upset i would argue um over the uh over the 02 bucks i was expecting the vaunted bucks defense the whole tampa two uh to uh have a little more success didn't happen man this is we got the last group here in mc west 2015 Cardinals, 84 49ers, 05 Seahawks, and the 99 Rams. Greatest show on turf. Uh, 49ers, just 30 to 7 over the Cardinals. I mean, unfortunately, again, we don't really have a lot of good historic Cardinals teams. And then the Rams, 21 to 20 over the 05 Seahawks. Very close. Razor thin. Um, I think, let me look at my recap that I trotted down here. I think it was. Um, 
all the scoring came in the first half, except for uh, a, a single field goal from the Seahawks part of the way through the fourth. So it was 21 to 17 at the end of the half, which was interesting. Kurt Warner threw for three touchdowns. Um, As he should. And then in another, I don't know if it's an upset, right? What do you guys think? 99 Rams beat the 84-49ers 37 to 28. Do you guys think it's an upset? No. So, I mean, I know in general we did pick neutral sites, but we also did pick a dome. So Rams automatically with their speed in a dome, especially against the defense that's not built to stop receivers like Bruce Holt and Azahir Hakeem. Like, yeah. it's it's not going to be nice. It's fair. It's fair. Well, they emerge victorious out of that division. So our winners were the 2017 Eagles, the 85 Bears, 98 Falcons, and 99 Rams. Guys, who do you think makes it all the way? Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. Just so much talent. Yeah. I may have to agree with you there. All right. Well, Matt and Travis doesn't like the Bears, and he doesn't pick defensive teams. So, No, de- nobody so, likes defense. defense. So – 85 Bears beat the 2017 Eagles 17 to 16. I was so sad when I saw that score because I thought it was the other way around. And I was like, yeah! But thank God. No, it didn't. It didn't quite happen. And uh, honestly, this, it wasn't nearly as close as the, uh, as the final score. Um, The, uh, let me see my, my notes here. It's too bad Um, the Bears didn't have a double doink in that game. I know, right? I was, I was hoping it was, it was going to be just a, you know, just a smidge, smidge better. Oh, if you were, I have some interesting notes. Uh, Jim McMahon threw for two touchdowns. Um, went struggled. He went 11 for 24, 158 yards. Um, and I was looking at the play-by-play. The last possession for the Eagles um, was a uh, run for loss. A another run for loss. Sack. And then an incompletion, right? So that just shows how good the 85 Bears defense was. Um, it was it was it was rough. And then uh, Jamal Anderson had another monster game, but it made no difference. The 99 Rams won 27 oh. to six. Um, a lot of turnovers, a lot of turnovers um, from Chris Chandler that made the made the difference. So we ended up with the best in the NFC as being the 99 Rams and 85 Bears. I don't know if I could have picked two other teams that I would say are the um, like pinnacle of the two different sides of the ball that could have come out of the NFC. Exactly. Those are guys are polar opposites. Uh, and then to, uh, to give you guys props, the 99 Rams did end up being the ones to take it 21 to 16 over the bears. Um, the lack of offensive output um, was really what, what did it in McMahon was serviceable. Um, I think at best he was never elite and that kind of made the difference. You really needed to have um, some all-stars aside from just having sweetness and it didn't, didn't make the difference. So we had the 99 Rams and the 98 Broncos as the two best teams in the Super Bowl era going head-to-head in our, uh, in our tournament here. I want to say uh, Marshall Falk was the MVP for this run. He had um, pretty much the same numbers that uh, Terrell Davis did in the AFC side. Um, actually better. Uh, 
like he had a couple of games that he was over 200 yards. Um, it was like he seeing the in this one he had um, 100 against the Bears, right? Against the 85 Bears defense, 198 yards in the ground on only 16 carries. So he had three 20-plus yard runs. So it was it was nuts. So who do you guys think takes it? 99 Rams, 98 Broncos. Based off the numbers that I'm hearing, I I know I I think I originally said that it would probably be the 98 Broncos, but I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flop and I'm gonna go over to the 99 Rams. Uh, there's just something about that team. Uh, I, maybe they get a tackle just over to the goal line at end the game or something. I don't know. Uh, being cautiously optimistic here, but uh, the the Broncos definitely aren't gonna film any of the pregame, so I feel pretty good about what the Rams can do here. All right. What do you think, Travis? Oh man. I want so badly for the 98, 98 Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. And the 99 Rams. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to let my, my homerness get to me and give me the Broncos. Okay. Even though Falk was the player of the game. So I'm going to give you guys some of the stats, and I'm not going to say which team. So the winning team's quarterback absolutely balled out here. 272 yards, three touchdowns. Running back struggled um, of the winning team and failed to break 60 yards. Um, on the other side, the losing team, uh, their running back did their best, had 24 carries, um, over 100 yards rushing. However, that team's quarterback struggled immensely. Uh, 11 for 25, 150 yards and two picks, both of them coming in the second half. The winning team was up 17 to nothing at the half and 24 to three at the end of the third quarter. Any changes in who you've picked? I feel like that narrative could fit either one. So yeah, I'm just going to stay go, where I'm at. I'm going to stay where I'm at only for the fact that I'm opposite of Caleb. That way we have a for sure correct answer. So it doesn't look like I'm skating behind him. So I will tell you that the losing quarterback, this was not the first time that he had lost a big final game like this. As a oh. matter of fact, it wasn't the second time either. So the 99 Rams take this one 27 oh. to 10. Ouch. Um, Kurt Warner is the championship MVP with his 272 yards and three touchdowns. And Marshall Falk is the MVP of the tournament. So... We did it. We took, what, uh, 96 teams and plugged them into this simulator. And the end result was the greatest show on turf. Do you guys feel like the 99 Rams were the best team in NFL history? No. I think they're definitely in the conversation. That offense was, I mean, that's an offense we would see now. And it was 20 years ahead of its time. Uh, no one had, you know, six foot corners to shut those guys down. 
uh, Zahir Hakim was the speed guy. Holt also had a ton of speed. Bruce was the possession guy. Marshall Falk is definitely a Hall of Famer. Kurt Warner is a Hall of Famer. Uh, I believe they still had Orlando Pace at that time on the O-line. There's just so many things. Uh, I do think it's somewhat ironic that the best team of all time comes from a city that no longer has an NFL team in Mm -hmm. St. Louis. Uh, And it's tough because I think especially with, let's say, the final four results, if you tell me it's the 2000 Ravens, the 98 Broncos, the 85 Bears, or the 99 Rams, I'm not really going to be shocked by any of those names. Uh, The simulator did its job because while there may have been a few teams that surprised, uh, like the 2017 Eagles or the 99 Bills, there was not anything that was ridiculous. Like, we didn't have a Cardinals team going into the Final Four that, you know, never won a Super Bowl. It it felt like it, it was a reasonable fit, for sure. I I thought that the Patriots were going to have a bigger run. I mean, I I was expecting, you know, Patriots, Ravens, um, Colts, and then Broncos. But the the fact of the matter is I can't really look at the 99 Rams and say, you know what, that's not one of the most talented teams in NFL history. Um, they They seemed at times unstoppable during the regular season. I remember they came out of nowhere. Right. Because uh, this was right when I first started really, really getting into the NFL. Um, they came totally out of nowhere and surprised so many people um, and built up so much momentum over the regular season that people wondered if this was going to be, you know, like if they were watching history. Um, I don't know if anybody's really talked about a team that way since um aside from the patriots undefeated season i can't think of any time where they've looked at a team you know like this is this is truly a story that took the nfl by surprise there have been some teams that have been excellent and have shown up but the expectations were already there the expectations were already high talking about some of the other patriots teams some of the colts teams the saints um steelers i mean you have a lot of a lot of these teams that were expected to do well. Uh, but for me, the Rams were probably one of the best stories in NFL history. I was very happy to see them be the ones to win this bracket. Uh, I do have to say, as far as the Rams are concerned, it's kind of funny to think that at one point, Kurt Warner was part of the Arena Football League Iowa Barnstormers and that he literally was working at a grocery store uh, after – being cut by the Green Bay Packers because we had Favre on the roster and we had other quality backups, but Warner never really got a chance in practice. Um, Clearly that was a mistake. At the same time, no one was chomping at the bit to get him. His rise to prominence and to be the now legend that he has become, it's, it's really one of the more uh, kind of American dream stories of sports. It's really awesome. I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for giving me the teams uh, that we plugged in again. I'm going to work with Caleb to try to share some of this data. Um, so you can see some of this, uh, the final scores in group stages. And if you disagree with any of the 
um, the picks, results, whatever it is, harass me on Twitter so I can ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> Follow, make sure you hit us up at Brody Talk, and we'll be happy to listen to you there. Again, this is Caleb Walgren, and we're signing off. Woo!